Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Hello, Jamestown. You're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Jason Sample in the studio with you, and we do have a very special guest joining us this hour in the studio as well. We are going to have none other than WRFA General Manager Dennis Drew stopping by to chat with us, make a special announcement, things along those lines. So stay tuned for our conversation with Dennis, but first let's play a song featuring Dennis Drew. This was recorded 10 years ago, part of the Bob Dylan tribute show that took place in Jamestown in 2011. Dennis did a couple of Bob Dylan songs. Here's one of them right now. And on the other side, we will have Dennis Drew joining us in the studio right here on Arts on Fire. My love, she speaks like silence without ideals of violence. She doesn't have to say she's faithful Yet she's true like ice, like fire People carry roses Make promises by the hours My love laughs like the flowers Because valentines can't buy her All right, I'm getting it out. Now this next line is, I think, one of the greatest lines ever written, right, Steve Piper? In the dime stores and bus stations People talk of situations Read books, repeat quotations They draw conclusions on the wall Some speak of the future My love, she speaks softly She knows there's no success like a failure And failure's no success at all Cloak and dagger dangle Madams light the candles And ceremonies of the horsemen Why, even the pawn must hold a grudge Statues made of matchsticks Crumble into one another My love winks, she does not bother You see, she knows too much to argue or to judge The bridge at midnight trembles The country doctor rambles Banker's nieces seek perfection Expecting all the gifts that wise men bring The wind howls like a hammer The night blows cold and rainy My love, she's like some raven At my window with a broken wing Again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA, and as promised, we have ourselves a a, a special guest, if you will, in the (laughs) studio with us. We have, of course, WRFA General Manager Dennis Drew 
here in the studio. And uh, Dennis, thanks for uh, coming in and, and saying hello. We miss you around here. I know. I miss being around here. It's been a long time since I've uh, been on the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be back on the air in the future, too. But uh, we, we wanted to bring you in here because... Um, sort of a, a special announcement to make, and I, I think a lot of people or, or some people may be aware of it, but uh, you are going to uh, be, be stepping away, retiring, yeah. as it were, for, for WRFA? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to step away from day-to-day administration of the radio station, for sure. Uh, it's, uh, um, it's been a while coming, actually. I, I, you know, I really feel like I've accomplished a lot of what we tried to do. We tried to build a station. And then we tried to build the uh, uh, multimedia room upstairs. <clears throat> yeah, I've still got the, ba- although the, the pandemic kind of got in the middle of everything. Um, but, you know, I, we were doing 50 shows a year with the Maniacs, and I was coming in and shepherding through this uh, uh, media space that we built upstairs. It was just getting to be too much, and um, I thought it was time to for you and uh, younger people to uh, operate the the facilities and and move forward and uh, you know I hope that I can continue to do some on air stuff the fun stuff because when you're general manager the more longer you're general manager the farther you get away from doing actual radio mm-hmm. and I got into this because I like radio and right. and it got to be less and less of that and more sitting behind a computer and writing reports and grants and trying to figure out how to get money in the door and stop shoveling it out the door. So <laughs> I look forward to uh, uh, doing more fun stuff uh, in the future. And uh, so I'm just stepping away. And, uh, as I've told everybody, you're the perfect guy. You're perfectly capable of running the station because I tell you, for the last six months when I've been out, uh, you've been running the station. Uh, well, make it pretty easy. Everything pretty much just, you know, is automated, so to speak. So uh, a lot of the on-air stuff is, is taken care of. It's a lot of the uh, the same. It, it is the adjustment of the stepping away, as you noted, from uh, a lot of the uh, on-air stuff is um, something I'm, I'm looking forward to doing, excited about doing, but also it's going to be interesting to see the transition take place and unfold. And I may have a different approach or thought on the matter a year or two from now (laughs) maybe and you know one of the things that made has made it easier to to make this transition and for you to take over is the work that steve shulman did oh yeah you know i can't thank steve enough steve retired um over a year ago buddy november 2019 october 2019 but steve really built the template of this radio station every hour is put was put together by uh, little fragments. Every little fragment, and if you've heard small things considered, it's a ton of little fragments, all put together by Steve Shulman, and he was really integral to building the the station as it is constituted now. Certainly, sort of physically, the platform, the sequence of events. Uh, you've been instrumental in. Uh, shepherding a lot of crazy volunteers and making sure they showed up and, of course, all the news that you do. But really it was Steve from the very beginning, you know, when he came over from SE93 and JTN, he was such a, uh, really, I don't know how we would have gotten this sort of professional sounding at the very, so early, you know, years before uh, you came on board. What a great job he did, you know, 
making sure the IDs ran on time. Yeah, basically. Simple things. Like the, the Mussolini of WRFA made their trains <laughs> run on time, right? I mean, everything was down to, to the second, and then that's what you get in corporate radio. I yeah. mean, he really was the guy who yeah. made sure things ran the way they should, yeah. like clockwork. I guess yeah. Mussolini's a bad example, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, we we love Steve, right? I mean, absolutely. He was just, and you know, it, it was great because he was also, you know, really a, a funny guy to to be around. Right. But when I made when I said something silly like snooze button, let's have a snooze button in the morning. He made it happen. He he just chopped up this stuff so that it would be a, you know a quiet song, a medium song, and then a little and a raucous song. And he did he just mixed it all together and 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 put it together. He's the guy that found for the birds. And all these crazy little programs. Right, the little vignettes that we play in the yeah. morning. People love, though, too. They do. Yeah. I love them. And, and, and so much of that really was, was Steve. His on-air presence, too, is something you know that, that I've noted people have missed over mm-hmm. time. It's not that they, they hate you or they hate me, but they, mm-hmm. one of the questions we always could ask is, what happened to Steve? Yeah, or yeah. where does he find these interesting stories that yeah. he talks about? And yeah. He never really um, – he, he had so many different sources that he went to get news that there never was one singular place that he found these offbeat, off-topic stories. But he, he had a knack for finding them and, and sharing them in a way that was very uh, entertaining for listeners and educational. Yeah. He, he came up with the phrase, small things considered. So he's really responsible for that program. Uh, but the, the entire concept of it, having the little vignettes and then having us uh, talk and, of course, his sense of humor uh, I know uh, Pantelis is very upset that he's gone. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of folks were. So, so uh, again, you're listening to uh, Arts on Fire. We're talking with Dennis Drew, WRFA station manager here, and, and obviously talking a little bit about the the radio station. Dennis announcing his retirement, but still being on the air, and we do want to make sure you come back on the air. You know, we, we have it in the works, and unfortunately the pandemic has really thrown things sideways for everybody, including the programming we do at WRFA. You noted that we had a vision to try to do some more live entertainment yeah. upstairs in our, in our third floor multimedia arts facility. And hopefully we can get back to doing that later on this year. I've got a few ideas on how, how to make it happen. But obviously you're going to be uh, performing up there. I would love to have you up there. And hopefully yeah. you, you, you've already agreed to off the air. So yeah. I'm going to hold you to it here yeah. now that we're on the, on the record, so to speak. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's uh, as you know, because... Uh, I think you helped out with some of the uh, Home for the Holidays, and you you put together those debates up there, and we've had some programs up there. Uh, You know, that's the heavy lifting part of what what we do here. I know a lot of the interviews and work that you do, but boy, trying to corral musicians and and sound Mm -hmm. people and and running through that, that's real work. And uh, I I know we all look forward to to really perfecting that and, and, and getting better at doing... Uh, some shows up there that have no audience that are really just radio shows. I think you talked about an old BBC show, Radio 1. I can't remember what it was. Uh, the old Grey Whistle Test. Grey Whistle Test. Yeah. And then uh, also doing shows with uh, with a live audience also right. will be great. So, yeah, I look forward to that, helping with that for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can get that going by uh, this summer or in the fall. But obviously uh, we do have other things in the works too. We'll talk about that later on. But, you know, like, like I said, I wanted to talk with you also about just the history of the radio station. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, close your eyes and go back 17 years. Just spring of <laughs> 2004, right? Before the station was on the air, but by this time, I'm sure it was in the works. And, and the, the planning was well underway by, by that time, right? Yeah, I think it was really late 
2003, I'm walking down 3rd Street, and I'm right in front of what uh, is 3rd on 3rd Gallery, and I'm right in front of the Reg pretty much. And there's Ed Tomasini, uh, which I've known for years. Ed helped us put on a radio, construct a radio station at JCC back in 1978. We put a station on the air, WJWK, 10 watts. You think this is low power? It was a 10-watt radio station. You could barely hear it in the back seat of your car in the parking lot. But uh, so I'm walking down the street here, and Ed says, hey, did you see the thing in the paper? The FCC is opening up windows. That's what they call it. They open up a window for you to apply uh, to start a, a low-power radio station. I said, no, I didn't see it. He says, oh, yeah. And uh, I think he actually had it cut out of the newspaper and handed it to me. He says, go talk to Philip Morris, who ran the Arts Council at the time about doing it and of course philip being a, an executive director said how much would it cost <laughs> and after doing the research really there was a very small fee to apply so you could apply and then see what happens uh, and he said well okay we'll pay this really nominal 50 dollar fee or whatever to apply see what happens and uh, when they granted the construction permit then he says okay but <clears throat> As you know, you have to raise your own salary. <clears throat> we have no money to pay you, so if you're going to start this enterprise, you got to figure out a way to get paid, um, and you got to go buy the. You got to raise all the money. Mm -hmm. But luckily, you know, it's a, it, was a, it was a great groundswell of support back in uh, in 2004. I th this was probably spring of 2004, like you said. So uh, the first person to step up was Miles Lasser, who was the executive director of the Sheldon Foundation. Okay. And Miles uh, um, gave us a, a matching grant. If we could raise, uh, if we could raise fifteen thousand dollars, they'd give us fifteen thousand dollars, and that would pay to put the station on the air, to buy a transmitter, to put up a tower, right? To hire people to put up a tower, uh, to do the engine, all the stuff, the engineering study we had to do, to know what frequency we could be on and where, and all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, Miles Lasser and the Sheldon Foundation stepped up. We had a little event at, at the Sheldon House. Back, remember when the Sheldon House was a place you could rent and do all that? I'm, it's kind of sorry that it, I guess you could still do it, but. Right. We had a lot of events there. A lot of people had. So, we ran a, a, a fundraiser there. Believe it or not, we raised about $15,000 with a few other donors trickled in. The other foundations contributed, um, uh, Lee Stein, I think, also uh, really helped us at the very end to get over the hump. Uh, L.J. Stein Insurance. <laughs> uh, and uh, we got the money. And with Ed's guidance, uh, technically, uh, now at this point, Philip Morris is gone. And uh, uh, Keith Schmidt was the interim director. He actually found the call letters. Yeah, I've uh, heard that story. WRFA. Radio for the Arts. He tried to get Reg Linnae Center, WRLC, but that was taken care of. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Keith did that. If you remember Keith, if you're old school enough to remember He's Keith. He's still bouncing around, serving yeah. as an interim director in some capacity in some organization in any given year. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the guy that they tap on the shoulder to say, hey, we're in the, uh, yeah. in, you know, the transition here. Can you come in to help us out while we move on to the next phase? He is still around and does... Mm -hmm. uh, Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, so the Arts Council had the license, and we went on the air in September. We actually went on the air kind of like a soft opening 
A couple of weeks before September 13th, our official first day was September 13th, 2004, and we went on the air. You know, we had, and you remember, it seems like decades ago we had that little back room. Sure, yeah. You know, and it was like a bad college station, you know. It was like out of somebody's bedroom. Right. Yeah, I always would apologize if Tom Reed or some big shot come in. <laughs> I you know, I've got to let you know, that, you know, we do have a loyal following here, but the station. But there eh. is carpet on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't mind the fact that we might be going into a, a former dentist's office from 1960s here. It's, it works, though, right? It, it worked. So um, Kept us humble. It was a great uh, effort by a lot of people, you know. Um, and uh, we got a PTFP grant. Andrea Magnuson and David Shine came on board at that point. David was the executive director. Andrea Magnuson, who's over at the Gebby now and was the uh, development director, and she worked, taught me how to write grants. And uh, uh, we got a grant from the federal government for facilities to buy equipment. And we bought computers and, and all the stuff that we needed, plus the money that we we, we had raised and then uh, David Shine uh, got together a program where we could teach over at the high school, and uh, and that and we taught classes over at the high school, uh, and all the way up until the pandemic. Right. Uh, we called it Radio Works. They called it different things. We had graduated to calling it uh, uh, digital sound design or digital journalism or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were over there with uh, first with Christian and then Brad. Peterson. So the the school was really supportive of the idea of media education. That also came from Ed Tomasini, who had been running the Video Works program at at Jamestown High School uh, for a very long time. And we modeled it on that. David Shine put that together. And that was really the the real foundation of the station where, uh, where Andrea Magnuson's grant writing. She also got us this great Corporation for Public Broadcasting grant that uh, has been a, a cyclical thing that renews every uh, year as long as we don't mess it up. Uh, and uh, that's we've had that for well over 10, 12 years. She's, so David and Andrea, Philip, Keith, and all the people at the very beginning were still standing on their shoulders. Definitely. And, and when the station went on the air, did you sort of envision it to be what it is now? I mean, it's always pretty much has been an arts and education program. You know, we, mm-hmm. we educate people on various uh, issues that you might not hear elsewhere on the FM dial. We also cover the arts, obviously, with this program, Arts on Fire, and a lot of live performances that we provide or, or try to do, talking with artists in the community. Was that always the main focus was to radio for the arts, you know, to <clears throat> to really provide the community mm-hmm. an opportunity to hear things they wouldn't otherwise hear on, on the other stations that I was working at at the time, but by yeah. the time the station got on the air. Yeah, the license is an NCE, non-commercial educational radio station. So uh, you know, there's certain rules with the FCC. We had to have so much, quote, you know, locally generated stuff, which really only means we couldn't be NPR. We could not be part of a network. So we couldn't just plug into some other network and play whatever they were playing. Uh, we had to actually physically program it ourselves. Um, and we thought that we would try to be alternative. So I think, you know, near that time, the lake started up and they were running Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. and different things. and. And, uh, you know, of course, there was talk radio out of uh, WNED, uh, WBFO out of Buffalo. Uh, 
which has a translator that also used to be coordinated by the Arts Council. Uh, and what we we would thought that when they were talking, we would play music, and when they were playing music, we would talk. Uh, but they never really played music, uh, so uh, we were playing a lot of music at the beginning. And then, as you do research, as we did research, the the strength of public radio has been educational pro talk programs. And I don't mean Rush Limbaugh style talk. I don't mean call-in uh, st style talk. Right. You what's know, your Ray Hall. Today? Yeah, what's, what's the yeah. beef? That's not, yeah. that, although that stuff is very popular, but news. News and talk is the main staple of public radio. And as you look at the trends, uh, you know, we've hooked up with the National Federation of Community Broadcasters, which is a great resource. And you follow the trends just to see what's working. So, Obviously, public radio is an alternative to listening listening to Top 40 or listening to sports radio or, you know, listening to conservative talk radio. You know, why don't you have conservative? People say, why don't you have some conservative? Right. Goes on there. Well, conservative talk radio is so popular that it's very expensive to buy those programs. Democracy Now!, which is a pretty pro very progressive liberal program, is free. Yeah. <laughs> There aren't, many, there aren't many conservative ones that are free. <laughs> right. So there's a, we ended up, since there already was such a glut of conservative talk radio uh, all over the world uh, and all over the country, we felt that around here, and this we know this is a conservative neck of the woods and a Republican neck of the woods, we felt that we would probably be the alternative to that in our small 100-watt way. Although we felt that news, and you've done this, you've, you're a real journalist. Our news, we play completely straight. You've played completely straight. Uh, completely objective, nonpartisan. There was a fire last night. The mayor said this. The opposition said this. Uh, the candidate said this. The other candidate said this. And let people make their decisions. Right. Uh, so, uh, But some of the programs we play, we do left, right, and center, which has all opinions, but we also do democracy now. So uh, we just tried to be across the board, I, I think. And then when, we, when it came to music, one of my favorite things was the local rush hour. And remember when there used to be a lot of bands in Jamestown? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. We, and everybody was making records. There was the audience, and uh, there was Smack. Big Leg Emma. Huh? Yeah. Big Leg Emma. Was Big the, Leg Emma yeah. was making Every records. Every year they'd come out with a new record, it seemed like. Yeah, King Rail. Oh, Remember yeah, our buddy? Tiny, well, tiny, tiny V. Yeah. There were all these. Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, like a renaissance of music in the local music scene, and it really occurred at the same time WRFA was going to happen. So I think a lot of local musicians mm -hmm. gravitated toward WRFA because at the time I was at the uh, rock station, uh -huh. uh, 103.1, and I can remember that, you know, the, the talk at the at the radio station, the commercial radio station was, we need to do a local show because yeah. that WRFA is doing right. it. You know, and that's, that's what the local musicians want to do. So we got to show that we support the community. You know, the, yeah. the, the commercial radio is always borrowing from what, you sure. know, these, these grassroots groups are doing, and, yeah. and that was the case there. But, yeah, the local rush hour has fun? been since day one, right? It was super fun, and uh, we played, and some of this stuff was pretty off the wall. Uh, <laughs> it still is. Yes, I still get still... people once in a while say, why, why do you have that in rotation? I'm like, it's a local artist. They're not swearing. <laughs> I'll be happy to put them in rotation. You That's know? right. And, you know, we did that. In fact, the first live music show we ever started doing was Infinity Live. 
Right, the, I found some of their old uh, programs here. Yeah, in our archives. Yeah, and uh, what they, what he, what Ron Graham, who was also a great mentor and ins- inspiration uh, for the radio station, we were in the same building. They were downstairs where the third and third gallery is. So we just ran wires down there, and every Friday they would have not every Friday, one Friday a month, they would have uh, like a double bill. They would have some some of their kids play, and then they would have a real band play. Well, not a real band, but a, but a, a more of a professional right. group play. And we would we would broadcast that once a month, and uh, it was really really fun to do and to see that and. Uh, um, so that just led to other great shows, Rolling Hills Radio, our buddy Ken Hardley. Uh, we helped him put that together. Uh, and then uh, Backroom Radio, that was uh, Bill Ward, who's been doing shows forever, but really had an outlet with us to put that on the air. And uh, Bill Ward, Ken Hardley, uh, Infinity, those musical programs were uh, you know, a real strength of the station and the local rush hour. Again, we're talking with Dennis Drew, WRFA General Manager. We're going to be talking more with Dennis here in just a moment, but uh, you heard Dennis just a moment ago talk about Rolling Hills Radio. He was actually a guest on Rolling Hills Radio with Ken Hardley. He and Jeff Erickson did a program together a few years back now. I think it may have been 2014, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back when the show was still being done at the Labyrinth Press Company. We're going to play for you a song right now that, that Dennis recorded as part of Rolling Hills Radio. And then on the other side, we're going to continue our conversation with WRFA General Manager Dennis Drew. He's an innovator. He's a commentator. He's a manager. He's a man who was fully committed to the arts nationally as well as locally. He was instrumental in getting this show on the air. There would be no Rolling Hills Radio without this man. And he's going to start off with a song from their latest CD by the 10,000 Maniacs. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Rolling Hills Radio stage, Dennis Drew. Downhill 
man, but it's all Catch me if you can, I'm running downhill, 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 downhill. Right. Again, we're talking with Dennis Drew, WRFA General Manager, talking about WRFA Radio over the years here at this point of the conversation. And obviously, the volunteers, too, you know, I mean, that's something oh, yeah. that I'm not sure if it was a requirement for a community radio station to have volunteers, but it seems like uh, a lot of community radio, because the budget is so small, you need to have that volunteer base that can provide content uh, as long as they're reliable and dependable, right? And they, they don't want to set the world on fire and then use your radio station to do it. I mean, we've, we've had a good core group of volunteers over the years, some of whom have stayed with us since back at the beginning. Yed Brajota. Yed Brajota, the world's great. The Swedish hour. Right. We, I, th- I th- the only Swedish hour in the United States hosted by an Italian last night. <laughs> Maybe the only Swedish hour in the United States well, outside of Minnesota. Isn't it so Jamestown right. that it's Yed Brajota? Right. She's Swedish, and she's from Sweden and married to an Italian guy from Jamestown. So it's so perfect. And her and Don Sandy, who also was instrumental in the Swedish hour, says – we have the greatest, the largest collection of Swedish folk music in America. <laughs> Something to hang our hat on. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's fun in the Swedish Fest, and uh, we've had a lot of fun with them. And, you know, Yed has been so consistent. I mean, I don't think they've ever missed a show in like 15 years, have they? No, once in a while she'll do a repeat. Repeat, yes. Yeah. So, well, All she, the same. Every, every Sunday at 7 p.m., the show was on the air. Well, we've had people that kind of gave up, and we ran repeats for six months until we said, okay, sure. you're done. <laughs> yeah, I think but, we're still doing that with one of the episodes, but he did 200 of them. Pete, the Jazz Hour guy. I right? saw yeah. Pete the other day. The Jazz Hour is a great show. He's Well, he bought his own business and ended up being really busy. Right. But God bless him. He did that jazz show for a long time. Another great one, Third Street Garage. Rob, Rob Jones. Jones. Man, he's got his fans. I remember... Um, Definitely. I think we used to run Arts on Fire and maybe Wood Songs or some other show on Friday nights. And I remember sitting out on my back patio listening to Third Street Garage and having wine and just enjoying it every every weekend. Mm-hmm. Get get ourselves ready for the, the weekend. Rob did a great job. And he's also been on our uh, community advisory board for a very, very long time. Rob Jones and uh, Third Street Garage, great pro- Garage Rock. Where else are you going to hear it? Right. Yeah, we, we have a wide variety of volunteers over the years and, and currently working with us that really make radio, local radio interesting because you're not going to hear the 
top 40 music or you're not going to hear country music. You know, we've got a, a hip hop and an R&B show on Saturday nights. Right. You know what I mean? That If you want to hear your, your rap music and hip hop, you can tune in from uh, 10 to midnight every right. Saturday and, and check it out. We've got a great group of volunteers doing that with we, uh, yeah. the, the, the platform, they call it. Yeah, the platform, the platform? show. Yeah. Remember we used to have the reggae show with oh, yeah. Grady? Yeah, Grady Jones, <laughs> reggae hour. <laughs> Hilarious. And then, of course, uh, a show that even would get under my skin was Adam and Sheridan. Uh, now, I'm on the left side of the political spectrum, but they were you couldn't even see them over the horizon. They were so far left. It was hilarious, actually, sometimes. But I loved having them on, on yeah. the radio. It was, Adam was an unabashed world socialist and yeah. wasn't afraid to tell anyone that he was <laughs> and not. wanted to make sure that you were aware of why it was such a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to him, Obama was a fascist. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what we do, though. Is we yeah. provide that platform for for uh, these volunteers and community members, and hopefully, it will continue uh, for for years to come. Yes. Uh, so, so obviously, we we've had some a lot a lot of fun over the the years too. Obviously, with the different events we do, we do the fundraiser every year. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure if if the Great American Picnic is something that was around for a long period of time, but I know. It, the first one that I was involved with was 2012, and I think it was, was a, it? A, a, a tribute wow. to the Grateful Dead. Probably, right? yeah. But it's been happening every year except for the pandemic yeah. where you get a group of local musicians volunteering their time, raise money for WRFA. Always, yeah. Uh, it seems like it's more of a, a way to have fun than raise money, but we usually get about, what, 4000 or so out of it every year. Oh, yeah, we get that. Yep, uh, and people actually not only buy a ticket, but a lot of people then donate at that point in time too, uh, which is great. We've always had uh, people donate the the beer, obviously, and and the hot dogs. And you're going to do it again this year, right? Yeah, yeah. We've already got June 22nd selected as the date, uh, and and we've got the same bands that we're going to perform last year. Except for Steve Davis, unfortunately, who told me he's going to be out of town hmm. that weekend. He might be able to help, still help out. But, uh, yeah, we are going to do it again this year. Looking Great. forward to it. You'll be there. Yeah. I'll make sure you're there. I'll drag you out of your house if otherwise. So, uh, My cocoon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good stuff. I, you know, like I said, I and you said that you still are going to be uh, doing things, being active here at the station, but also with the band. I'm sure since I have you here, ten thousand maniacs. What's the situation with the maniacs? Are you all going to be putting out anything new or plan on touring once the pandemic's over? With have, have you had that discussion yet? Well, yeah, we we started uh, putting together some new music last uh, summer. Uh, unfortunately, our rehearsal place has no heat, so. <laughs> you know, and when when sort of the surge came back last fall, we really went on hiatus. Although we had a, a lot of demos recorded, in fact, I've been getting uh, uh, some demos from Mary uh, and Armin Petrie. Armin Petrie helps us out as an engineer and a producer. Uh, they've been working on lyrics and melodies and stuff up in uh, Buffalo at, at his studio. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're moving forward with uh, ideas. It's a slow process since we can't, didn't really get together very much, and I was out of commission for a lot of the fall. But uh, we are trying to put together new music. It's a slow process with us. It always is. We're, we're, it's like herding cats to put the maniacs together because we don't all live in the same town. But uh, we have dates booked starting. Uh, actually, we have dates booked. We don't know what will actually happen. Uh, we have a Fourth of July show outdoors in Buffalo that I don't think will happen, but is is uh, a Chandler Street Festival, which is Tapo Pizza, 
a big outdoor show they're trying to do. And then we're, we're booked from starting uh, Labor Day. Uh, outdoor festivals mostly in, in September. Hopefully they happen. I want Everybody wants to be safe. I get my second vaccine uh, coming up here in a couple days. My kids just got their vaccines. Some of us in the band are vaccinated because some of us are old. <laughs> right. Uh, and we're just trying to get everybody vaccinated so we can move forward. But, uh, yeah, I do, we're gonna, I'm going to keep playing. So I'm not retiring from music at all. Uh, in fact, in order to keep the music going and still be around to, to help out uh, you know, at home, uh, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm stepping back from the day-to-day stuff here at the radio station. Uh, not that I didn't like coming in at 7 in the morning uh, all the time. It's been a lot of, it's been a pleasure getting up at 7 instead. <laughs> right. Not having to do anything. That's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, the Maniacs, are, I was just, just got sent some new demos, uh, you know, uh, yesterday of, of some songs uh, working on lyrics and music. I just did a very long interview yesterday for a radio station in Michigan about the band. This is our 40th year of 10,000 Maniacs. Right, right. Our first first time I walked on stage with uh, Steve Gustafson, Natalie, and Rob was uh, February 24th, 1981. Oh, okay. Uh, in uh, um, Molly B's in Erie, Pennsylvania. And we played our set and promptly got thrown out. There you go. <laughs> it was very the punk rock. Was born. The legend yeah. was born. Who are these maniacs? Get them out of here. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. <laughs> As well you should be. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we've, yeah, we continue on musically. We're still young enough to get out and, and do shows. And we do have stuff booked. Uh, <laughs> of course, we've had stuff booked. So we'll see what happens. Well, I, I remember that it was the. Uh, 30th anniversary when there was a couple of events that occurred here in Jamestown, one of which was the um, exhibit of yeah. Maniac's memorabilia mm-hmm. that went over really well. Of course, you sat down with Steve Lafreniere from the uh, Chautauqua Region Ward and did a nice interview with him, you and mm-hmm. uh, Steve Gustafson. Yeah. Uh, we've got that in our archives, but also we had some local musicians pay tribute to the yeah. Maniacs by playing songs. And hopefully, again, this pandemic quiets down. We would love to uh, facilitate and help out with any type of honoring the maniacs sure. for their uh, 40th year so we'll be touching base and, and planning that out in the coming uh, weeks and months as we uh, move more into the year 2021 that was fun I, I remember when we did the great american picnic a couple of years ago we did songs of the 80s i think yeah and uh i know rebecca McElvain did a couple of uh maniac songs or she did one and somebody else did one maybe i don't know it was, it was yeah I, th- I think she did like the weather and hey jack kerouac mm-hmm. or something like this so that was fun and uh yeah we I, they're gonna have to drag me off stage with a, a meat hook because i do like i i'm a performer i started being a performer when i was young um and uh i've never stopped i've started I had a little radio show on Fridays over the announcements in middle school. I was the Devil Dog Show with my partner Pat nice. Martin, and uh, we—I don't know what we did. We we actually tried to play music. You know, they, there was you know how there's those big silver microphones that sit on the desk that they had where you would like if you grabbed it. it oh, would, sure. Yeah. Uh, so we would play like put on a little record player and we would play like you know. I don't know. We used to play that song. Oh, Timothy, Timothy. 
lost in the mind, no food to eat. It was crazy. <laughs> and uh, at Grand Funk Railroad and some other things. And then I uh, did Teen Jays when I was at Jamestown High School doing radio. And I was a, I was a disc jockey at WNAE and Warren in the 70s. Uh, Dave Whipple down there oh, nice. uh, hired me. Which is really funny because Dave Whipple, who hired me for my first real radio job in 1978 or 79, his son married my cousin's daughter from Rochester. It's weird. Uh, small world. It's a small world. Well, since you enjoy radio so much, we're going to hold you to it to have you come back in the studio from time to time and, and leave it up to your schedule. I'm not going to twist your arm and say, Dennis, we need you to have mm-hmm. come in at 7 o'clock Monday morning to uh, share your dissertation on the... the Foils of American democracy. Oh, I would. Like that. I would love to spout my liberal swell coming up pretty soon. As uh, right. Well, uh, the, the microphone is all yours whenever you want it. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and, and again, we'll be uh, touching base with you in the, in the coming weeks and months also to uh, do some not only talking about the maniacs and the 40th anniversary, but also as a uh, solo performance here and there as well. Yes. So oh, absolutely. And, and do that because we would love to have you on Arts on Fire and perform. I want to We've do got it. a few of your solo stuff that you did yeah. with uh, Ken Ardley uh, a few years back, but uh-huh. I think it's time to get some new songs of yours in the archives here. Oh, so. yeah, I could do the whole, I could do a long time, man. Good, good. We'll hold you to it. Anything else you want to add? You know, I, I do want to really thank uh, uh, Kathleen Eads, uh, who is the executive director and really helped us shepherd through this whole master plan of rebuilding this building and and making it a stronger institution uh, and building the uh, uh, multimedia studio upstairs, which I think is going to be great for Jamestown and uh, for the Comedy Center and for everything downtown. So I want to thank Kathleen. Hillary, uh, Hillary Meyer's been great. She's the executive director now. She's been a finance director for a long time, really helpful. Uh, Len Berry's been great, uh, always uh, could use always all of both of us have used lens advice oh, yeah. and, and, and insight into everything and did uh, some great programming for us. I'm sure there's some stuff that he and Gary Peters did in there and that is still funny, uh, buried in our archives. Change purse. Change purse. Listening, yeah, they, they would do like the, the fake uh, local <laughs> band liners, right? You're listening to Change Purse. Not a band, but they made it sound like it was. Yeah, yeah they, they did some funny things. And I, I swear to God, I. I hope we could do more stuff with, uh, more funny stuff with that, with that, and uh, and all the people that helped us on our advisory board. Julia Cisla Hanley's the president now. Walt Rittman used to be the president. Greg Johnson, Mark Olson, David Menzies, Heather Felton is on there. Um, so all the people that have been on, Rob Jones, of course, is on there. All the people that have been a part of the station for a long time, and just wanted to mention that Gavin. Took over for Steve Schulman, has done a great job. Yeah, Gavin Paternitti, also a local musician in his yep. own right, bass player for uh, Cold Lazarus. So. Actually, his own left, because he's a left-handed bass player. That's so right. He looks like he does a good Paul McCartney impression. Nice. <laughs> all right, Dennis. Well, well thanks for uh, coming in and, and sharing the news. And, of course, uh, we... We'll be uh, back in touch and seeing and hearing your voice oh, yeah. again, but you just don't have to worry about doing all the uh, the fun stuff like counting the beans and <laughs> making sure that the uh, the trains run on time, as it were. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> That'll be my job, I guess. I, I have ultimate confidence in you, Jason. I know the station won't mi- miss a beat, and I think we'll actually grow and expand here in the future. Well, yeah, you mentioned Kathleen helping us out with this whole retrofitting of our station and, of course, uh, upgrading all the facilities, if nothing else. We got 
a great space here, and it's job security because you've got basically a radio station here on the second floor at the Reginald A. Center for the Arts, and what else are you going to do with it besides keep a radio station going? That's so, right. Thanks for uh, planting the seed, and you mentioned standing on the shoulders of giants, and you, of course, a uh, big giant that I'm very happy to work with and look forward to doing it in the future as well. Thank thanks, you. Dennis. Thank you. We love you. Again, Dennis Drew, man, myth, legend here on WRFA's Arts on Fire program. The originator of Arts on Fire, along with so many other programs here on WRFA. And uh, as you noted, he said it's a group effort, but I think by and large, a lot of our success begins and ends with Dennis Drew. Uh, We will wrap up the remainder of this program the next uh, 15 minutes or so, playing some more music from Dennis. You will note that at the start of the broadcast this hour, we played his song from the Bob Dylan tribute show back in 2011, along with his performance on Rolling Hills Radio, episode number 22 in 2013, I think it was. Uh, We're going to play for you a couple more songs from that show, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, another song from his Bob Dylan tribute show. It's right here on Arts on Fire. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Drew. Yesterday, a little bird came to say that you don't love me, no way. I never thought I'd see the day that you don't care. Okay, let me take a moment to say, now that you don't love me, I don't love you too.
That was my, that, that last chord was my Neil Young part. That was the Neil Young part. Say the Neil Young part for the end. Well, Dennis Drew is about to play another song for us. This song is called Jesus Drove a Gray Car. It's actually a true story. This is a song about a friend of mine. I grew up with him here on the north side. It's a pretty scary dude, actually. Like some far-off TV broadcast, his mind was weak and When he met her on the street that night, he didn't even smile. He was lonely. She was lonely too. Then he called her baby with heaven in his eyes. He told her maybe I should take you for a ride we'll go to Florida somewhere down that line we'll find a home and shelter from the storm that seems to rage outside my door and a lonely resting place for this heart of mine. Well, Pat was shoveling coal at the Dunkirk power plant. This was about 1978. He's about 19 years old. I think he was 19 years old. And he got his first girlfriend. She was a 16-year-old from Dunkirk named Beverly. Well, Beverly had a really strict father. They didn't get to see each other very much. So Patrick decided that he would rob the Minuteman on the corner of Fluvanna and Washington Street. It's a quickville now. They're burning down my memories. He lured the attendant out back and he, he hit him in the head with a rock and he knew the kid too. Then he got in his 1973 Le Mans, drove to Dunkirk, and he kidnapped Bev, and he took her to Florida. She shivered when she heard this, and she backed down a flight of stairs. She thought about her father, and she said, Jesus, Pat, I'm scared. He said, I'm lonely. She said, I'm lonely too. Then he called her baby. With heaven in his eyes, he told her maybe I should take you for a ride. Florida, I'll be a roofer. And somewhere down the line, we'll build a home 
and shelter from the storm seems to rage outside this door and a lonely resting place for this heart of Every word is true. Great song. That is true. If you see her, say hello. She might be in Tangiers. She left here last early spring. She's living there, I hear Say for me that I'm all right Though things get kind of slow She may think that I've forgotten her Don't tell her it isn't so We had a falling out as lovers often will To think of how she left that night It still brings me a chill If you get close to her, kiss her once for me. I always have respected her for doing what she did and getting free. Whatever makes her happy, I won't stand. tried to make her stay I see a lot of people as I make the rounds I hear her name here and there as I go from town to town I've never gotten used to it I've just learned to turn it on Either I'm too sensitive Or else I'm getting some Sundown, yellow moon I replay the past I know every scene by heart They all went by so fast 
she's passing back this way I'm not that hard to find Tell her she can look me up If she's got the time Thanks for indulging me. Dennis Drew. Sound familiar? Tell me what's gone wrong. Tilt my head back under the faucet. When I turn it on, dries paper. Call the neighbors. Who's to blame for what's going on? In the dark, without a clue, I'm just the same as you. There's poison in the well Someone's been a bit untidy And there's been a small spill Not a lot Just a drop But there you are mistaken, I know you are And I wonder just how long, yeah. They knew our well was poison, but they let us just drink on. Oh, they tell us there's poison in the well. Someone's been a bit untidy, and there's been a small spill and all that is amounts to is a tear in a salted sea someone's been a bit untidy we'll have it cleaned up in a week but the week is over now it's grown into years since I was told that I should be calm there's nothing to fear I drank that water for years, my wife and my children. So tell me, where to now? If your fight for a bearable life can be fought and lost in your backyard. Oh, don't tell us there's poison in the well. Someone's been a bit untidy And there's been a small spill And all that it amounts to is a tear in a salted sea Someone's been a bit untidy We'll have it cleaned up in a week um, Unfortunately, unfortunately, that song still rings true.
maybe more than ever. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Dennis Drew.